Welcome back to Talking Flick, where we talk about anything and everything, but mostly movies and TV. Today, as always, I have my co-hosts, Ryan and Nick. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It's a pleasure to have all of you here. (laughs) We are on the cusp of a new scientific breakthrough. (laughs) According to my calculations, this serum will... I'm back and you can't oh, keep me down. So was that like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or was it uh was it something it's the uh it's the theater of the mind. It's, a, oh. it's whatever that you envision. Ooh. Don't say that's the best you know, one. Don't you know, say that's oh, the best that's, one. You know what I'm gonna say, right? That's the best one yet, man. There you go. Look, it's They've obviously based on that, yet. it's gonna be a hard day. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I can't remember what episode where it was. It was just like, I'm back and you can't keep me down. And that was I was like, wow, that was surprising. Like, I think that, one, one yet. that <laughs> one is my favorite one. Yeah, the one where he just comes out with it. I like how they evolve too. Like one uh, day, I don't know if evolves the right word. <laughs> one day we'll do have to Put do a like D a super in front cut. of it, yeah, and then just, there a, you. just a complete super cut of our garbage boy just going on and all on of and them, on. All yeah. of I'm taking that week my, off. <laughs> all of them are my perfect children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we officially run out of ideas in this quarantine, that's when we'll we'll do that super cut for oh, you guys. We're yeah. we're close to that. Yeah, we are very close to that. We've got some good ideas. But, you know, we are getting close. Everybody runs out. So, (laughs) all right. So today we're going to be doing 2015's Mad Max Fury Road. What a lovely day. Yes. What a a lovely day. So, (laughs) So this is the movie with basically no script. And I would say one of the better action movies of that year, 2015, and possibly all time. I mean, that's up for debate for sure. But I think I, it, would I would be it in like there, a, right? a conversation yeah. of like a top something. Yeah. You know, it, top 10, yeah. top 20. It's definitely kind of up there. I would definitely put up there at least in my list. So we've got Tom Hardy as Max, uh, Roktansky, which I guess is labeled as his last name. Charlize Theron is Imperator Furiosa. Uh, Nicholas Holt as Nux, and then Hugh Keys Brian, I believe it is, as the yeah. Morton Joe. Toe cutter so, from the original Mad Max. Yeah. So, so he is he's the making a comeback. He's the original one from he's the original cast. I think he's the only That's original cast cool. to make it back. He, no, I think awesome. there's others in there's there. Others but in but there? that one was the big publicized one because he got a big role too. And he's not like a famous, famous actor. Yeah. He's been in a few things, but not a lot. I mean, so. his main thing is is kind of just it's always this. been Mad yeah. Max. So but this is definitely a movie with just a lot of other characters with I really enjoy the names of these characters. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, just really a lot cool. of them, like Rictus Erectus. Yeah. I love it. I'm everything about Rictus Erectus. Erectus, so. my middle name also. It's oh, there weird. you go. Yeah. But not Nicholas for the Erectus. <laughs> yeah. Not for the same reasons. Yeah. No, no, totally reason. <laughs> How'd you know my nickname in high school? <laughs> <laughs> what? I stood very tall all the time. Yeah, all the time. Always wore gym shorts. Great Refused posture. to wear anything posture. else. <laughs> but I'm sure everybody wants to know what's your reaction to this, Ryan. Uh, it's hype, man. Super hype. <laughs> and fucking metal. Oh, so metal. I love I love how metal this is. And it's just how much more metal can you get than a guy playing a guitar, you know, with just massive speakers. With a giant you know, bungee cord on his yeah, back. Yeah, swinging oh, around. And the guitar is also a flamethrower, yeah, of course. Too. Yeah, yeah, of course. That why wouldn't it be? so dope, man. Really? Bring out the war drums. Yeah, I, I go got, with his that. His eyes are covered, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, uh, his he's eyes blind. Are covered, he's right? blind, yeah, actually. Right? Yeah, yeah, so he's actually guy. blind. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about him. So, But Nick, my numbers guy. What All right, the so you want the Mad numbers. Max. Yeah, Fury so this Road. One, this one's a weird one, right? So when you think about the other Mad Max movies, which I grew up on, obviously Mad Max, I think it was 79, Road Warrior was 81, and then uh, my favorite one, as a kid anyway, Beyond Thunderdome, uh, that was 85. That one was your favorite one? It was when I was a kid. Okay. I mean, obviously this would be my favorite now, but I mean, those three movies, like they, I remember them, and I, I sort of grew up sort of liking them. Uh, none of those movies made a ton of money. Not yeah. one of them. 
they were all sort of under $40 million. So for George Miller, who does not is not known for making movies, you know, pumping them out every year or anything like that, he's pretty slow in the process. For him to get a $150 million budget to rebirth the Mad Max franchise years and years later, when we had had probably, I don't know, half a dozen to a dozen apocalyptic movies already, I'm surprised they greenlit this thing, and especially for that price. Yeah. Uh, you're, we're going to talk a little bit, I would assume, oh, yeah. on we're the production gonna, hell of this production thing. production hell, like, to the yeah. max. To and, the and, and, max. <laughs> and in some cases, it's on Miller himself, but it, obviously Hollywood plays a huge part in that. So $150 million budget, it's got to make around $300 million to break even, right? Yeah. Does it break even? Yeah. I don't, kind yeah. of, just barely, right? Just barely. Just barely, yeah. Shockingly, domestically, it's 154 as it's run domestically in the U.S. It was not, it had a $45 million opening uh, week. You know who had beat it at the box office? It was not number oh, one I, that week. Oh, I looked it up. So you I did? Oh, pitch you Pitch Perfect 2. Pitch Perfect 2. Yeah, a movie weird. I like, actually, yeah. a lot. So it was yeah. pretty surprising. Haven't so seen the second Mad one. Mad Max but... Fury Road uh, got beat by Pitch Perfect 2 at that the box is, office. That is pretty shocking. Insane, but, uh, <laughs> but a lot of people like that franchise, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I had it. I think it was in my top 10. No, maybe not. But it, I mean, I, I really like that movie. And I did a review on Pitch Perfect 2, but not a review on this, shockingly, That's on the blog. That's crazy. So, because this go. is like, I don't know. When I was watching it, I'm like, this has got Nick's name all over it. Yeah. Like, it feels yeah. like the franchise I was behind on this one, it. which we'll talk about uh, when we get to the main part. But I will say, so 154 US, 221 overseas for a grand total of 375. So, you know, depending on what you believe on the budget cuz 150 some people inflated to somewhere in the 200 neighborhood, it probably made the studio just about break even a little bit of a profit there. It's done very well on streaming and it's done very well on VOD. Um you want to guess the critic score? You know, I got to say I think critics and audience have to be like in the 90s, you I know. Was, That's what I was I impressed think, with but... both actually. I I think they were both a little higher than I thought. All right, what about be. you, Ryan? Take critic a shot and at audience the critic. score. Mm. I think audience would be really high. I want to say around 90s also. Probably. Yeah. And, uh, the it's another one of those 80s. cases where like you would assume when I tell you it was reversed, but we just never quite get it right. Critics have it at 97%. Uh-huh. I mean, they just love, love this movie. And when I finally saw it after it was nominated for an Oscar, I, I kind of joined them and like, wow, this is an achievement. Maybe I don't love everything about it, but it's certainly an achievement. Audience was at 85. Really? Okay. So really? it's somewhat surprising. Metacritic what? has it in like a 90 percentile, 8.6, I think. Yeah. So pretty universally beloved, regardless of what the split is. But shockingly, critics like it more than the audience. That is so, wow. But a it little crazy. To, because, it speaks yeah, to how much yeah, money it makes. When you see this movie, in which we're certainly going to talk about, it is just like a ballet of action. So for it to only make 154 million, it was the 21st grossing movie of 2015. That's kind of low, yeah. considering what we're talking about, right? But still, it rebirthed the franchise. And if we ever get another one, because development hell, development hell, um, I'm, I would definitely go see it in the movie theater, which I failed to do with this one. Oh, yeah, for so. sure. If they ever get another one off the ground, I would have to just go see it. Is because... uh, can, Am I allowed to ask while we do the numbers roundtable? Is this the best Mad Max? Uh, I would say this is the best Mad Max. Producer so, Ryan? Well, based on all the Mad Max movies that I've seen. Which is this, just yes. this one. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. Right. Trust me, Ryan. <laughs> I, would, I would say I've seen, uh, of course, the first one and the second one, The Road Warrior, but never saw the Thunderdome. I think I saw bits and pieces of it. I watched the music video of uh, We Don't Need a Hero we Anymore. Don't need <laughs> so, wasn't a fan of that song, but <laughs> great song. It's on my iPod. What are you talking about? It's kids today. <laughs> so, so I mean, but I would this this is definitely yeah. my favorite one. I think so. before this one came back uh, came out, I went back and watched The Road Warrior, and I was probably like, you know what? That's probably the best of those three yeah. in hindsight. But now with this one, it's just so impressive. 
The shocking thing is, I don't really like this movie because it's a Mad Max movie. I think it should be called Furiosa Fury Road. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love it because nobody has generated a, a hero like that. And ha- like I bought in right away and done it in an organic and not cheap way. Yeah. As well as Miller does in can, this movie. Can I ask you guys so. a question? You guys saw the other ones. Now, there's very little to the script. It's a lot of like. He doesn't yeah, talk a lot in any of them, visually, to be fair. Yeah. yeah so. so is there not a lot of conversation? Yeah, it's on brand. Movies? I mean, okay. other people right, talk yeah. more than he this does is, pretty much across the board. This is definitely more visual than compared, oh, yeah. compared to all the other well, ones. Well, he's got this more, more toys visual. to play with. Oh, we yeah, talked yeah, about yeah, it in yeah. Star Wars, right? Fifty million dollars worth of toys. Right, yeah. So now we, we, I'm sure we're going to get into it a little bit with the, the George Miller theoretical Justice League movie where right. you can play in the sandbox and now you got CGI. Uh, he does a lot of practical effects, as you'll see in this movie. You know, he, he's got a lot of things at his disposal that he didn't have back in the late 70s, early 80s. So mm-hmm. what could he have done? You know, this is kind of what it would have looked like in 79 if he had the toys at his disposal. So the downside is it's a big budget. And then if you don't turn a profit on it, the studio is now jumping up and down to right. pump out more. Yeah, but it is that. Warner Brothers. So, so yeah, yeah. Well, they, they fuck up everything. <laughs> they do, yeah, they do a weird. Yeah, they've got they a weird dynamic. They help themselves. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. But so the franchise itself, to give a little bit of history, it consists of the four movies. So the first Mad Max, of course, launched Mel Gibson's career. So that's what really kind of threw him into it. Is, and, uh, is, is Cars and the Apocalypse, is that just like a match made in heaven? Does that just work for you? Yeah, I think it yeah. works. I'm not much of a car guy, but this movie, you know, I'm like, man, <laughs> I love the cars in this. Who it doesn't, it right? doesn't make much sense to me, though. It doesn't, right? Yeah. <laughs> but who cares because you're having a good time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So, yeah, of course, like the first one, that's just what made Mel Gibson's career. And George Miller, who was actually an MD, a medical doctor in Australia, he was inspired by car accidents accident victims and the gasoline shortage going on at that time and that's what really gave him the inspiration for the first Mad Max. And I'm on record as saying Miller is a genius. I don't love all of his movies and I think sometimes he just takes too long. Yeah. Uh, But I think he's a genius. Just his eye, his vision and the way his mind And you know it's just when you think so long about a story I think it's just that gives you so much time to really fine tune things and I'm kind of glad he didn't rush or he at least tried not to rush. We didn't talk about movie news. We're going to skip movie news this week but uh, it came out that uh, Cameron another one of these guys that some people just love Love way too much, I think, is getting a billion dollars to do three Avatar movies. Yeah, it's just... okay, that's a lot of money, right? And it's a lot of risk. And I'm who surprised. Avatar, he... Or who uh, who produces Avatar? Is it? Well, he self produces part of it, but I forget what company backs it. I want to say Paramount. Yeah, I think Paramount head, does. But I'm not 100 yeah. percent on it. Regardless, like that's a huge gamble, right? And he takes a long time in between movies, but. Cameron's vision compared to Miller's vision, it's no contest. I would take a Miller movie over a Cameron yeah. movie most of the time. No, same here. So, I mean, even at the time, like the first Mad Max, it was the most successful indie movie before actually Blair yeah. Witch came in and dethroned it. So, Blair Witch then became the most successful indie movie really? of all time after Mad Max. And so, which even like the first Mad Max, it's not it's not apocalypse style really movie at all. It's actually just with Mel Gibson's family being murdered by a biker gang and him seeking vengeance. So there is no post apocalyptic cool world. Yeah, in a cool car. He is in a cool car. <laughs> so it's really when you get to Mad Max Two or AKA the Road Warrior yes. is when you get that post post apocalyptic world and then you're able to kind and of your see world it fleshed out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is kind of cool. So. so and then when we move on into Mad Max Thunderdome, that's when you get a really large amount of studio involvement. And that's what you get, like when you get the inclusion of Tina Turner and her Mad Max song, We, we Don't Need don't Another need Hero. Another <laughs> hero. <laughs> so, of course, like I believe it's the third one that didn't receive high praise like the other two. The first one got I don't really know why. Good I love that movie. Uh, <laughs> really? I've so, seen a lot of memes. The about muscle yeah, and the brain. You ever see it? they're in the dome and they're fighting. It's amazing. Yeah. Two men enter. <laughs> no man leaves. <laughs> yeah. So, the hairspray alone was like five million. Oh, God, the hairspray, man. <laughs> everywhere. So, 
So, of course, that one was, it's considered the weaker one out of the whole franchise compared to, of course, the first two. And then 30 years later, we get Mad Max Fury Road. But Mad Max 4, or what eventually became Fury Road, really just had this long process of development hell. So mm. here's pretty much the timeline where we have uh, director George Miller. He was actually able to get the, ra- the franchise rights from Warner Brothers after a settlement dispute from him being fired from the movie Contact. Yeah. So that's sometime around 1997. A movie I've always sort back. of liked based on a really good book with Jodie Foster it actually. and Matthew McConaughey. It's not great. It doesn't quite get there, but it was smart enough. I've seen it parodied like a million yeah. different times, yeah. but that's really yeah. about it. So, And then from that point, after around 97, when he got the franchise rights back, it took Miller about three years to develop an actual story uh, storyline for Mad Max 4, a movie idea for it. And around 2000 is when the project was revitalized. And then in late 2001, the project was put on hold because of 9-11. So 9-11 really kind of, you know, did a lot of things for It derailed a bunch of franchises. It it really did. But it brought the people together. It it did. And it started (laughs) a new genre, secret 9-11 movies, which is a thing. So (laughs) yeah, Robert Pattinson. So anyways, uh, before we get too sidetracked at all that. Adam Adam Sandler jumped in that one too. (laughs) He did too, yeah. Secret 9-11 movies. That was Rain Over Me. That wasn't too bad. I kind of like that Yeah, I did like it. The one with Pattinson was so untasteful. It was so disturbing. I saw the Adam Sandler one when I was 11. And I was like, I can't do it. Chino. I can't do it at 11 years old. I thought it was good. Yeah. Pretty good soundtrack like on that one, too. <laughs> so, all right. So after 9-11, uh, they had a new idea, which was actually centered around uh, Max's son with Mel Gibson kind of making a cameo appearance. Mm, and then okay. that was put on hold again due to... Wait, which I thought would have been a cool idea. It was going to be a new son. So it was going to uh, be okay. like with a new chick and a new son. And, uh, and the basically, son of the wasteland. Yeah, exactly. So And then really Mel Gibson, he was just going to make a cameo appearance and that was it. And I think they're just going to take the direction of Max. Max's son. So that was actually put on hold again due to the American and Australian currency just kind of going completely, you know, plummeting, just going bankrupt almost. And then in 2003, the movie began to shift toward becoming Fury Road and they actually dropped the Max's son angle. And actually, George Miller, they were given production of a hundred million dollar budget to actually go and film this. And originally it was going to be filmed in the Namib Desert. But in uh, soon that was canceled due to heavy rain and also stress from the Iraqi war. Mm. And then in 2006, the Mad Max 4 was getting a little bit more steam again. It was actually getting ready for production. And then that's when Mel Gibson was arrested for his DUI. Yeah, and then being racist recorded, Mel Gibson. Yeah, being recorded. Our favorite Mel Gibson. Another I would thing say. he destroyed. So, <laughs> so, so anyways. Uh, Mel Gibson is arrested. Hey, sugar tits. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Edit that out. <laughs> I love Gibson. I love Gibson. Even he's got he's problems. So crazy. He's got problems. He's not Kevin Spacey, but he's not Kevin Spacey. But he's not. Oh man, I just I like the it. portrayal of him in um, South Park. Oh, he's so good. Oh, my God. That's not him, but, you know, yeah, that's yeah. so good. But uh, it, it's funny because uh, you remember when it was just, I think, last year when uh, Liam Neeson, he yeah. got hit with saying he got some, some racist, racist stuff. Yeah. Not Mel as bad Gibson, as Gibson. but Mel Gibson made a remark, too. He commented on He's like, hey, man, we've all been there. Like, we just got to move forward. And so, like, we've all been our, we've all made our anti-Semitic yeah. you know, Mel Gibson's got his comments. dad. Yeah. They got the weird religious angle. There's a lot of weirdness there. I think he's worse than Liam Neeson. Yeah, balance. he probably is. So, but anyway, so Gibson, you know, of course being recorded for his anti-semitic comics and his dui that's what really kind of killed that project so uh director george miller he just dropped the idea of gibson ever coming back due to his age and also you know the extreme amount of controversy surrounding him too so later on there was talks of them doing even like an animation mad max movie and so that was terrible so uh, i don't know i guess the ghostbusters right at at that time like of course like george miller he did happy feet so he's kind of just in that animation which is a good movie yeah yeah 
And so and Babe, I mean, when you talk about practical effects with Babe, Pig in the City or whatever it was called, right. I remember even as a kid That'll when I saw it, I was like, this movie looks great. Maybe I don't love Homer the movie, Brown. But it way. looks amazing. <laughs> I was so down for Homer oh, Brown. Oh, Homer <laughs> Brown is, yeah, yeah, that was my shit. And so anyways, uh, so eventually the animation movie was dropped because of just liking the idea of just I don't think that would have worked. Action. Do you think that would have worked? You're a um, Justice League animated guy, a DC animated you universe. You know, I would have liked to see it. I think it's better for it to be live action, but yeah. I, I definitely would have welcomed it into the I would have saw it, but yeah. I don't think it would have turned a huge I do. Yeah, think, I don't think so either. I do think that it's highly dependent on how the animation style is. That's true. Because if it's clean and polished, I don't think I would It's like not going it. to work for that. I wanted yeah. like more like jagged lines and yeah. scratches yeah. and all that. Yeah. I can kind of see it. What is the movie that came out that was based on a comic book or it had that feel of a comic book with Bruce Willis? Oh, um, uh, Sin City. Sin City. Sin City, yeah. yeah. Some, yeah of, maybe. some of that like, feel with the ink like blots that. and yeah. stuff. But... Uh, if it was clean, George like Miller would have uh, never done that with the commingling of like practical or fake animation and real people because right. he's a practical oh, effects no, guy. So no, no, I'm not talking about like that. Not not the mix of just people, that vibe, just that feel, sort of like graphic because novel if, background. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if it was uh, the DC animated universe sort of wouldn't feel, work, yeah. then I don't think yeah, it, would it wouldn't good. work. They yeah. would have to find their own like where the cloud swallows the Batmobile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they would they would definitely have to find their own type of animation style that really would have worked with it. So yeah. after the light. After animation was dropped for live action, originally, like Heath Ledger was actually attached to be Mad Max. And then, of course, when his death came really? up, came and happened, they were actually able to get Tom Hardy, another Nolan kind of uh, villain, too, as well. Yeah. So he was offered the role as Max. And of course, I think I would have liked Ledger it. more. You know, I think I would have come in right off the back of The Dark Knight. I absolutely would have loved nice Ledger more. But I, I think Tom Hardy, I know Furious is like very good in this, but I think Tom Hardy does a good job in this with what he's got. And so. Yeah. But uh, we'll get into that later. But anyways, so uh, Tom Hardy accepts the role. And then when they released the movie, they actually released the Mad Max video game, too, as well, to help mm, kind of give yes, a little bit yes. more buzz for it, too. So I've never played the Mad Max video game. I saw a short little clip of it. And, and I heard good on things the PS4, about it. I, think, yeah, yeah. I played it for 20 minutes, and I thought it was just all right. All right. I feel so. like there was, a, there was more of a focus on cars, which that's the whole gimmick yeah. with the movie. But if you want a good Mad Max uh, video game, Borderlands. Borderlands, Borderlands okay. is so oh, is freaking Mad good. Max? Is that on yeah, Steam Mad or is it? Yeah, uh... it, it, like they have three out now. Okay, and then they also have one that's very similar to. Which like one's the, the best one? If you were to get one off like Steam, which one's the best? Oh, one? right like, now, yeah, it's, like, it's Borderlands Three. Borderlands Three, that's okay. the one that everyone's all about right now. Okay, but is it multiplayer or just a long story? Yeah, it, it's multiplayer. You can okay. you can jump on with your buddies online, but it's just that post-apocalyptic desert scheme. All the time while I was watching this movie, that's what I was thinking about because all the guns, you don't get the whole car play that you would in the other video game. Yeah. But definitely, if you played Borderlands, you'd be like, man, this is Mad Max. Yeah. I'm definitely getting a little bit more into video games, but I'm definitely not the one to ask. Which like, hey, do we ever play Mad Max video game? <laughs> like, no, I play Star Wars Battlefront from 2003. <laughs> that's or a good four. one. Yeah. That's that that great. Great. I love that Better one. Better than the second one. God. That game holds up. I, I love that one. No, so. definitely try this and you will see the, okay. the parallels. Okay. So. That's basically the timeline from when you have, of course, that first Mad Max all the way up and just production hell really to get us Fury Road. And it's still kind of in production road to see what's going to happen next really with the franchise too. Mm. So, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. So before you witness me, a word from our sponsor, Anchor. Wasteland. I am the one who runs from both the living and the dead. 
reduced to a single instinct. Survive. Spoiler warning, of course, if you have not seen Mad Max Fury Road, it's definitely worth the watch. I oh, highly yeah. <laughs> recommend that you rent this on Voodoo, Amazon Prime, whatever you want to do illegally on the Internet. It's up to you. We don't know who you are, so, so it's all good. I, I think it's very interesting that both of you guys did not see this in theaters, but yeah. I heard the buzz very early. And some of the people that I follow on Twitter and podcasts, they were talking about this movie. And I thought, man, I have to see this in theaters. And I watched it. And it was awesome. Yeah, I'm sure the movie theater experience was incredible. I will say, though, that with the little dialogue that's in the actual movie, it's hard to hear. Like with all the explosions. Uh, Well, Tom Hardy in general, he just can't ever understand what the hell that guy says. So I didn't know what anything that they were saying. But when I watched it this time around with the subtitles, easier. Yeah, yeah. it was a much yeah. easier, and I, I I enjoyed it more. Do you always watch with subtitles? I always watch with subtitles. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm like eighty percent. I always watch yeah. with subtitles. Yeah. More, more now that I'm old. But... Like the the mixing in it is beautiful sometimes, but sometimes they they put Six... the background music too loud. Well, I yeah. think it's on purpose, right? So six technical awards, including mixing, uh, sound mixing, and sound editing, right? And I think. It's a travesty because I saw Pitch Perfect two opening weekend, <laughs> but I did not. <laughs> I did not what? see this. Who in the are theater. you, yeah, man? It's, yeah, it's rough. Man. Listen, this <laughs> I is saw Phil Collins last year. So this, is I mean, what, this is around this is the who time I, am. <laughs> I was really getting into movies, so of course it just like it just yeah. happened to go under my radar. And yeah, I know you're and just it, like twenty fifteen. Then <laughs> it got a lot of buzz, but it wasn't like it was just a little bit less than what you would think from a major blockbuster. Where I think it kind of slid under the radar. I didn't see it till it was nominated for an Oscar, and then I watched it at home, and I specifically remember my wife yelling at me because I had it too loud and i was like babe the sound is so important in this movie you gotta let me play it out and she's like turn that shit down so then i had to turn it down and it affected my experience there too so this is only the second time i saw it and i I tried to crank it up this time and and i man i wish i saw it in the movie theater because like the quiet place it'll affect the way i look at it for the rest of time unfortunately Yeah. yeah no absolutely this is something where it should be watching theaters or if you can plug headphones in while you watch this i think it works just as well but no the one thing that's awesome when you hear the dude playing the guitar oh, it's incredible it's oh, dope and then when so the flamethrower goes off it's oh incredible. man it's so and you can, the, the awesome. decimals get cranked when he hits those chords yeah it, like it starts kind of slow and then they just crank that shit up and it's like man that is unbelievable it's so good yeah and it should really like everything i see with this movie like it should not work but for whatever reason it comes it together does, and yeah. kind of works because yeah, this it's is so odd uh, this is the movie too, where it's just there's really i don't I don't think there's really like a full script because what they did yeah, is they just be. they did storyboards. And yeah, so yeah. like when even I was looking into it with the writer's room, when you would go into that writer's room for Fury Road, 
there's really not a script. You look into the writer's room and there's just storyboard, 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 storyboard. And I know one of the writers was kind of or the storyboard artist. He was actually credited as a writer in this yeah. movie. Along with and Tyler, so, Tyler, what would the script look like on this movie? Oh, they're going to miles drive. of pages with <laughs> yeah. all the detail. But it's just they're going to be like they drive east for a long time. Deserts <laughs> everywhere. First, first page, hope. Second page is third page. A fourth page mistake. Tom Hardy. The grunts. end. Tom Hardy grunts. Yeah. <laughs> That's Bates, which was also a meme. Man. Shaking the gun. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and I know even just like one of the storyboard artists, he's like, you know, it's all great. We're doing story storyboards until you're halfway through, and then they decide, oh, you know what? We want to give Furiosa just one arm, and they have to redo the whole entire storyboard yeah. to make Furiosa just have that single it's so arm. Impactful. And so, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Worth it. it looks it looks good with that single arm too, because just even when she smacks the crap out of Tom Hardy with her stump, oh, you know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. Just, yeah. I love it. You know what I mean? It's just. If you got to stump, it's still, you know, you use everything. This is the world where, like, people use everything that they can to turn it, you know, into a weapon or, I guess, to enhance their cars. But I really like as far as, like, the voiceover narration when you get the intro and you kind of just get that shot of him standing yeah. in the desert. Yeah. And he's just, you know, the, inner the narration of, you know, my name is Max and my world is fire and blood. You know, the, the and opening segment, and the opening segment is a little bit unusual because you get sort of a Max backstory that you never really got in the other three movies. An interesting uh, sort of look at, what is he, you know, it's his, the daughter that he loses or whatever. You know, it's and interesting because he gets captured and we, it's just a weird opening. We get yeah. a lot of flashbacks as far as with Max, as Tom Hardy's Very Max. Quick is, cuts. Yeah. And the flashbacks kind of push Tom Hardy's character towards helping out Furiosa. So they drive and him. And I get that. But we I get never, that. We they never revisit any... him maybe a few too many times. Sometimes, but other yeah. than that, I'm not yeah, going to I'm it. not going to nitpick it. And also, too, I'm very surprised that they didn't give us some sort of revelation behind his, his character because he doesn't say, oh, I lost my family. He doesn't yeah. say, oh, I lost I know, it's this. surprising, it's right? just, It's just, he's just quiet about because it. Because they give you a piece of a backstory with these quick cuts, but they don't actually specify Yeah, it. they never say it. They never know what happens. I will say, though, that the effects in the beginning and all the flashbacks and him like stepping on that lizard and eating it. Oh yeah, those were the <laughs> terrible worst. haircut. By the way, those were the like worst. the rest of us. He needs a barber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those were the worst effects of the movie. Like I, I just feel uh, like some of the flashbacks right were just yeah. really weird and they didn't blend well together with all the practical effects being so awesome. Those kind of were jarring. Yeah, to me. you know, I think, I think actually in second viewing, it's it's more. I'm more okay with it. Because once you accept what the movie is, like the first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to sit down and watch Fury Road, whatever this is. Surprise, it got nominated for an Oscar. And then like 20 minutes in, you're like, holy shit, this is going to be a ride. Yeah. I'm surprised oh, yeah, no. what this turned out. Within, so now that I'm I go back, I'm like, it kind of all fits a little I'm, bit better. I'm far from saying that this is a terrible movie. This is an awesome movie. Once you get in the mindscape that this is what's going on and the rules are set very, oh, like yeah. they're yeah. set early. And once you realize that and you jump big in, about the rules here yeah, too, yeah, it, it's, it's an awesome ride. And they follow the rules because the, the whole thing is that it's a post-apocalyptic world. This is how they see things. This is how they view the world. And I'm down for that. And that's why I'm allowed to give it such credence to do right. whatever it wants. And you know, it's funny because I remember when I rewatched it, I'm just like, man, I don't remember him having any of these flashbacks. Like my first time watching it, I know, I know it's there, but second time I'm just like, I didn't even remember he had flashbacks yeah, like this. Yeah, there's some you know, things that it, it, it surprised yeah, me. I'm like, oh shit, like, myself, he, yeah. he has a flashback where we assume it's his daughter. But, you know, you got that intro in the beginning and they give the voiceover, you know, to tell you this is the world you're in. And of course, it's all about, you know, water and gas in this world. Yeah. And Mad Max is, it's, or at least from, you know, the road warrior, even like the first one, it's all, it's always been about the cars. So, 
But it's funny how he just kind of goes water and gas. And then when Immortal Joe releases all the water, Immortal Joe, he's just like, you can't get too addicted to water. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and that's the that's worst. an incredible performance by him. Yeah. <laughs> he's good in this. He's so yeah, good. He's so good. When so he's weird, putting like but... the, the chest plates on and shit, oh, it's yes. so gross, man. But so... he's just yelling the entire time. Yeah, yeah. he is. So, <laughs> and... You got to sell that, though, man. Yeah, like I said, yeah, he's not do. like a well-known actor. Yo, so. he's not. And But he's so good in this. I'm glad they got him back to just kind of reprise this movie cast so many ugly people i'm glad they all got so much work it's an incredible performance by all this huge eclectic band yeah of just yeah. like people that you'd never see in and, film and the prosthetics that they use oh, the it's makeup it's yeah. awesome it's good. like yeah, it's all good. the war boys and he never shies away from any of it he just leans in the whole time like and it's very subtle knucks with those enraged like uh welts on his chest oh, oh yeah gross. that yeah. looks great man his lips are all lips chapped are all and yeah, broken metal, oh, metallic and everything and they've they've all kind of sort of adapted to the world but not really the guy with the nose I mean, oh like, yeah oh, the people eater yeah, yeah. so whack. can oh, i man. can i bring up also do you guys remember when this movie came out there was a huge like uh psa for people that were buying uh spray paint or uh, teenagers that were buying spray paint and they were saying witness me and they would oh just spray God. themselves oh, wow. in the mouth yeah, Do you know did you hear no about i didn't no, hear I did about not. that that's oh, crazy man, it was <laughs> insane yeah there were people that were doing that as an adult i don't pay attention <laughs> to what the kids do i just can't deal just gonna with hide it. my spray paint <laughs> yeah. can for and you know this episode this is why what stupid thing are they doing now <laughs> and this is why i hate teenagers <laughs> <laughs> yeah i second that so, <laughs> and you know even before kind of like you know max gets captured and i like as far as like we get to meet someone called the organic mechanic. He's not a doctor. He's called the oh, organic man. mechanic. <laughs> and this guy, he's done a little bit of work. He was in Fargo season two. He's done yeah. some other stuff also, but you have him where he's just kind of Angus he, Sampson. He's, is his name. Yeah, he's been around. Yeah. He, he's tattooing, guy. you know, of course, Max's blood type, which is universal donor oh, on, oh, the yeah, yeah. His back, on, on his back. And I just like that. It's just, he's just labeled as the organic mechanic. He's not a doctor. He's the organic mechanic. <laughs> and so, and I do like when they do introduce a Morton Joe and, you know, they show that kind of, I guess, what is it? That plastic type is. of like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. a very kind of oxygen thing. It's like an know. alpha male suit. There's uh, metals on there. There's like a huge kind of belt chips buckle. on. Yeah, yeah. 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 that's that. a great belt buckle. You got to have that. That's <laughs> I, got, I got it on right now. I gotta... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's huge. It's heavy, man. a little bit heavy. That was jeans down, but yeah, that would not keep your pants up. Morton Joe's not compensating for anything. So, yeah. So, but, you know, and of course you've got the rest respirator that he's got on you know they're blowing that weird kind of powder on his injuries too oh also. no that's and, that's just baby right? powder no that's just baby, that's just baby, yeah, baby powder because he sweats in that it's yeah, hot that, out there that, in the desert you that does powder not up. breathe yeah, yeah it definitely doesn't doesn't so but the uh, the medical procedures in this movie are ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> so okay first of all they're human blood bags okay i, I love that it. blood I bag understand it but that scene where Furiosa, she is losing blood, and then he pulls Just out, pulls it out, yeah, yeah, like for the whole Sticks time. It right in her. Uh, I, I was looking at. He it. says he's sorry though. So, he does. Yeah, say he he's does sorry. say he's sorry. twice. I think yeah, he says he twice. Yeah. I'm sorry. It, okay, so that 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 uh, the uh, the surgical cord or surgical tube that was on his uh, strap of his backpack. I thought it was an Ethernet cable. Oh yeah. And, and then while they're driving on this bumpy road, he just 
puts it right into his neck and then puts it right into her arm. Man, the medical procedures are questionable. Really? Like, <laughs> I know people that, that do phlebotomy and all that stuff. They wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> These guys aren't trained. How do they do yeah, that? Yeah, they need the organic It's mechanic. all about survival, yeah, man. Yeah. He's probably done that 25 times. <laughs> they need the organic mechanic. That's why you would be dead in the apocalypse and he would survive. <laughs> nah, Nick, the moment that you try to do that, that's when you bleed out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already dead. I listen I to Phil Collins. Nick's just looking at me. Don't worry. I've seen Mad Max three times. I can do this. Nick, please get this. a doctor. Listen, Tyler, I'm sorry. Just <laughs> here, bite so, down on this belt buckle. So, of course, from our, you know, after we see the Immortan Joe, we get a look at the War Rig and Furiosa. And holy shit, we have to talk about the cars. So, oh, yeah. We've got the War Rig. And of course, like they talk about, like the War Rig itself is a character in the story. And it's probably like, you know, they've all said it where it's one of the most important characters in the story with the War Rig. And there's a whole documentary you can catch like on YouTube for free where it's kind of like a behind the scenes. I saw some of it. It was really fascinating. Specifically with the cars. And they talk about how the cars represent power to these people and how even like in this post apocalyptic world, where these people, they love the cars. They love the things yeah, that they create yeah. with it. The V8 and gods and yeah, all that. Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's it's a lot of symbolism. There's a we, lot, ton, yeah. We talk about it all the time in the pod where like the whiteboard, George Miller's whiteboard, you know, his dry erase board with all his backstory you on have it, that you those, never yeah. sort of flush out per se, but he knows what it is. So if somebody asks him, he knows like, oh yeah, if you're a V8 driver, this is what, you know, this is what it means in this universe yeah. or whatever. All that stuff really is and, like, you wonder like that could go really bad, but for whatever reason in this universe, and this world building he's doing, it works really well. He's had well. 30 years to think yeah, about yeah, it. Exactly. So, yeah. But again, just like we talked about in Ghostbusters, that you give them enough that people are able to make the leaps and bounds that yeah. the director the, puts The forth. difference there is I don't think Ghostbusters had the answers on any <laughs> on any drive. Maybe Dan Aykroyd had something wackadoodle that Ivan oh, Reitman's like, don't say yeah. anything, Dan. You know? <laughs> but, but here, Miller has an answer that could do a whole 20-minute documentary yeah. for you Makes on sense. it. But still, still, the movies nowadays, they go into over-explaining yeah. all yeah. these little details yeah. because they want to show it off. But just he's giving... He's patient, man. Yeah, yeah he's he patient. Is, just so. giving just a little bit and having the audience build off of that is such good direction. And, you know, he even talks about as far as, like, every almost every object you see in the movie has a backstory Which to is it. awesome. And so he talks about, like, yeah, there's always a backstory to it. And even when he's talking about, like, as far as, like, the Doof Warrior... And that's the guy, the blind guitarist, the blind electric oh, guitarist, yeah. where he talks about, you know, specifically him. He's like, yeah, I came up with this kind of backstory with him where basically, you know, when the apocalypse was happening, him and his mother had to kind of go into a mining shaft. And in that mining shaft where all these people were hiding, being blind was the advantage. And one of the few things you could carry in there, he decided to carry his electric guitar in there man and so while he was explaining that was he holding up the horns and sticking out his oh, tongue oh probably yeah absolutely so you know it's metal as hell man goat's blood and whatever so but kind of just back to the war rig so it's a Czechoslovakian Tatra and it's got with a Chevy Fleet Master fused <laughs> together into a six wheel drive 18 wheeler powered with twin V8 engines so it's got wow. two V8. engines in there that is it insane has a long bulky fuel not a tank. hybrid no not a hybrid not electric <laughs> <laughs> so it has a long, bulky fuel tank and a fuel pod trailer hanging off the end. Uh, well, to the whole are Volkswagen Beetle and track cabin shells that are like mobile forts for the war boys to hang on to during yeah, supply yeah. runs and battle missions. And then you, of course, got concealed weapons and racks of tools just everywhere. 
And my favorite addition, it's got a speed lock gas pedal too in the war. Oh, uh, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, that's pretty dope. And <laughs> you, know, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like Mask, that cartoon that I always wanted to come to the big screen. It makes me think like that could work on the big screen. If Mad Max can pull this off, maybe we could have a Mask movie with yeah. like these these trucks with all this wacky shit that's attached to it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe would could work possibly. Yeah, definitely. So, and I want to mention the War Boy that's there, like the second hand, the guy yeah. that's like, oh, where are we going, boss? Stuff like that. That dude is jacked. He's oh, jacked. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Think oh, about I, how many times like a truck flips over and they have to hang on. And yeah, they actually do. Oh like, man, that's pretty shocking. <laughs> and then when he's like, "What <laughs> like <or> death?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. And then when he's like, "What have you done? What have you done?" And then he starts choking around. I'm like, "Dude, that dude is gonna rip your head off." <laughs> yeah, he's a seasoned war boy. So yeah, yeah he's a yeah. veteran right there. Yeah. So you've got just and what's really interesting with the cars is of course they're all made from scratch right like they just completely put the yeah, time man. and the effort oh, to build it looks so good and you know practical there was, effects yes. take the time to build it and you can who do cool cares stuff if it costs it. 150 million dollars <laughs> it's awesome give it to us and so you actually had three war rigs on set so they knew that oh, wow. so they made three models three versions of it or sorry three distinct same versions of it because you know just for production because you know you're gonna have to kind of destroy one use one for long shots all that stuff and just kind of a list of the other cars that you have. You have Max's the Interceptor, which eventually the yeah. Warboy stole and modified. I was pretty upset that that one broke yeah. down. And he's just like, that's mine. And, yeah. you know, and he's telling <laughs> it to one of the other uh, Warboys. And I think on the Interceptor, they kind of souped it up. They gave it like razor wire kind of headlights. They gave it like chain metals that can drop from the back. They gave it like six harpoon guns. Oh, yeah, man. And of course, that's all so of it cool. works. And Morton Joe's uh, vehicle is called the Giga Horse. And so the Giga Horse is really interesting because it's made from basically like uh, it's two uh, Coupe de Ville's on there. And in kind mm. of a title with it, they're just like in a world where bar where there's barely one of anything to show you had power. Here's the man who's got two of everything. And that's where he comes <laughs> up kind of with the Giga Horse. And it's got the monster truck wheels on the back. Oh, yeah, man. When it was rolling over, up. when it was rolling over those rocks, oh, I was like, dang. That's what I want. Yeah. That is dope. <laughs> and so just some of the other cars, you got the the People Eaters Mercedes limousine. And that was where you had the stick shift with yeah. like the, the revolver in there too. Uh, you had the Bullet Farmer, which I thought the Bullet Farmer was amazing. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> Richard the Carter. in my eyes. It's right next yeah. to your eyes. Like, <laughs> he got to wax poetic a couple times. A, a, little, a little detail that I didn't see in the first time that I watched it, when he pulls the bullet out of his mouth and puts it in the gun, and he's yeah, like, this right? one's Furiosa. <laughs> man, that, all of his teeth yeah. are bullets. That's awesome. So, <laughs> and even with the car, too, the Bullet Farmer's car, it the tank, it's, it's a tank, and it's just kind of... it's decorated with bullets beyond yeah, belief yeah, bullets man. everywhere oh, my goodness. so you got the bullet farmer's valiant take and then of course the doof wears doof wagon which you know has the guitarist lead guitarist and war and a bunch drums of chords. in the yes, back six war drums in the back <laughs> oh, and it's man. there to meant to rally the war boys into you know just kind of going into battle and when you know all these cars are just so loud and that's what a lot of actors talk about on set it's just the cars were just so loud. Yeah, <laughs> How do you rally everybody behind it? It's like, well, let's just do an electric yeah, guitar you... and you're thrashing and thrashing and thrashing. Oh, man. So Old metal. school military style. So the guy metal. with the little uh, pipe or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you got to have one. You got to have <laughs> one. the drummer, you know, you got to go out there. You got to <laughs> motivate the troops. They man. still got to do that in war. They should bring that back. Yeah, when, absolutely. Just, so when, uh, when Tom Hardy, Mad Max, starts fighting with a guitarist, I was thinking, no, man, don't mess with him. Anyone <laughs> else but him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So... And it's funny because it's like the story is it's so simple. It's the simplest of stories oh, yeah, because it's yeah. like you've got, you know, Immortan Joe's wives that Furiosa smuggles out and she's going to take them to the Can we talk place. about the wives? Can oh, we talk about them? Immortan Joe oh. knows how to pick up. He knows how to pick up. It's an A-list of yeah. like the best of the best, right? Uh, Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> 
Rosie Huntington Whiteley, uh, Riley Keough, who's uh, Elvis's granddaughter, which wow, is shocking. Okay. Yeah. Abby Lee, a super famous supermodel, Courtney Eaton, I think, and a couple other ones. But just fascinating how that like that shouldn't work in a movie today, but it worked perfectly here. And they all sort of kick ass uh, a little bit. They all get a chance to kick ass a little bit. So when I was watching this movie, one thing that I said was, we're all the black people. Like, oh, I never noticed that. <laughs> you didn't yeah. notice that? And I no. was thinking, you know what? All of the all of the civilizations, this is a post-apocalyptic world. I like to envision that miles away, there's a civilization just with back, black people, and they're all modernized. They're all civilized. Yeah, they, they don't need it. There's no fighting. Yeah, everything's no fighting. Everything, everything is cool. That's what I was thinking. But That's then the I, Greenland or yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> but then I saw Zoe Kravitz. I was like, oh, okay, there's one. <laughs> I did see an Asian person in there. Yeah. yeah. I did not. Yeah. Oh, so it's at the, it's at the very end when uh, I think that they're all looking up to let them in after Morton Joe's dead. But it's just it's just barely. I just barely noticed it. So. And, and the second thing that I wanted to mention, talking about the wives of Morton Joe, Zoe Kravitz nipples. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, who yeah. didn't see that? Uh, okay. Like, so always like. I bet Catwoman. Be that respectful. Was, yeah. That was definitely <laughs> part of the contract. They were like. Zoe Kravitz, we're going to need you to show some boobs. And she was like, no, I'm not showing some boobs. Okay, well, we got to come to some about sort some of nipples? compromise. All right, I'll well, give you nipples. <laughs> I swear, a good five seconds of just Zoe Kravitz nipples dead center on screen. What the heck? <laughs> come like, on, guys. I don't have so a problem with it. Yeah, right. it's, it's good. It's great. And Morton Joe knows how to pick his wives. Right? Yeah. He knows and, how to do it. And I will say, that's kind of nasty. I feel bad for the girls for having Morton Joe just wiggling on top of them. But... Yeah, Morton Joe. Come on. Well, you. listen, a couple <laughs> wanted to get Cheeto the Fragile, which is Courtney Eaton. She tried to go back. I mean, a couple of True. them tried to go back. True. So, yeah, they wanted two of them. And then, of course, they had the uh, the chastity belt, too. When you oh, see yeah. Them, yeah. Taking it yeah. Off. Oh, and man. It when rem- you get a good look at them, I don't know if you ever, if you got a good look at them. The I remember one, pausing yeah. The, the it. Yeah. Fangs so, yeah, yeah, they got their bangs yeah. in the center. I'm just like, oh, man. Did Morton you? just serious <laughs> about this. He's into it, man. Have you guys seen the movie Teeth? Yeah, yeah, I've seen oh, of course man. I've seen the movie Teeth. Yeah, you gotta see yeah. that. Not I'm a, a, I'm a low movie. life piece of crap. I've seen the movie Teeth. <laughs> Got the director's cut and everything. Not my favorite yeah, premise of all time, but sure. <laughs> but again, the way that they put this, very little detail. They make the audience put the pieces together very quickly. She, he goes into this vault and he doesn't even have to say what's going on. He's just yelling sure, at yeah. the, 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 the midwife the or whoever yeah. it is. Yeah, the, What is the wet maiden or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something uh, like that, yeah. Well, she's like, where are they? And stuff like that. So the audience is able to piece everything together. Oh, man, it's really good in terms of direction, oh, yeah. storyboarding. And so, of course, like with Furiosa, where she's taking like a Morton Joe's wives is to the green place and the so place, that's yeah. kind of something i guess from the original movie somewhat it's been years since I've i seen don't them. remember that so, but i've been told that yeah too, so there's so. the green place and then there's like the many mothers and so they were supposed to be and that's like when you look up the lore behind like the many mothers and the green places thing it's it's a little weird too because they would send all the boys to like the outskirts of town and then when they became to the men they would they would take them back just to milk them for semen and then just to keep sugar the women. tits yeah basically <laughs> well, we, we, she hated when women just use and abuse of men course, treat them man. like objects well, I know right we're always being objective. they only got one thing on their mind right that's about it so, so uh, okay can I mention though this movie is how you do a badass strong female lead I don't know oh, that it's, yeah. I don't know that it's been top you could maybe argue Terminator 2, but I don't think anything is done this is, is much better. Furiosa is so sick. She kicks and ass. The sniper scene. 
Oh man, oh, the sniper I, seat. I, I want to say this. I want to point one. this yeah. out, and yeah. maybe you guys disagree with me. When she, when he hands the rifle to her, exactly. I feel like that's Mad Max handing the franchise to Furiosa and saying, "You got this." Now, okay, it kind of felt like that to me, even in real time, the first time I saw it. So even with the Methy Mothers, the, this is how the you milking do, mothers. Yeah, the, the milking mothers. There you <laughs> yeah, go. That's, that's good. It, that's yeah. much better. <laughs> <laughs> that's what <Okay>. they're called. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> they do, <laughs> but. With how they portray the, the female leads, they're so strong. They don't have to tell you. You yeah. just see it. Yeah. And comparing that, I know we talked about it before, with Birds of Prey or with uh, Marvel, like that whole scene and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. When you flip the script. Yeah. And, yeah. When you flip the script and you're saying, okay. Gender swap it. Yeah. Look, this is how you, this is how you show yeah. it. You don't have to tell me that they're badass. You show me that they can wield like a rifle or they're, they're super strong or whatever. I just love how they put Furio Charlize Theron Charlize Theron South African former ballet dancer she's got she's one of the best actresses this, going right now uh, everyone needs to take a page from take this notes. book take notes yeah because yeah. you know and also like Charlize Theron like is just I don't I can't see anybody really else in this role because she so. does such a good job she's Let so me, physical with her acting yeah, in I, this I and, know we try not to avoid it but in 2016 Brie Larson Kate Blanchett Jennifer Lawrence Charlotte Rampling Saoirse Ronan those are your nominations for best actress now look most of those I'm not going to argue with too much. Jennifer Lawrence, I think it was her third in a row or something for Joy, which is a pretty decent movie, not a great movie. How Charlize Theron, I would argue, maybe had a chance to beat Brie Larson in a room who's very, very good in that movie, but at least needs to be nominated. Yeah. For what she achieves in this movie, not nominating her is an she one of the all-time travesties. She drives the war rig, too. Unbelievable. She actually drives the war rig in certain I don't, There's nothing that woman, and... like, if you see Bombshell, where she pulls off Megyn Kelly oh, yeah, to yeah. Tea, unbelievable. She's incredible. And she she's turned in Arrested Development. So she's hilarious yeah. in Arrested <laughs> Development. Yeah. She's so Even good. in the long shot, that movie with uh, Seth Rogen that I didn't love, love, she still kills it. And, like, I believe she could be president. Like, yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah. yeah. She could get nominated. Oh, she yeah, could definitely absolutely. win. Sure. So, but... I definitely like as far as like with the teamwork in it, you know, just how you see the evolution of them kind of teaming up, banding yeah. together, and then trusting sort of each just other. Yeah, There's trusting. a trust uh, evolution. Yeah, and there. so, and in other movies, they have done it so poorly. Like unearned. It, yeah, it's unearned. It doesn't feel organic. Yeah. This does, even yeah. though it seems like it's a flip of a switch. Like he's, uh, what's that, Nux? Yeah. And when he's crying in the uh, in the back of the yeah, the Warwick, like the, yeah, like it, it's so short, but it has so much. Impact impact there and i i really love it oh yeah so i mean because of course you start where they're all fighting just with each other where you have furiosa and the wives survival driving the it's, yeah it's really laid right out is. for you everybody's and trying to survive here. you've got blood bag or you know yep. max who's hooked up to nux and yep. then they're kind of on opposing sides and just one of my favorite ones of course is when uh blood bag max you know is carrying nux and he's got the gun he couldn't oh, yeah, and, and yeah. of course it doesn't go off so you can't free himself and then he, of course, has to fight against Furiosa and the wives. Oh, and then you've so got that kind of team up fight scene where you've got Nux struggling to get the clip. Helping you've Max. Got Max and yeah. basically Charlize Theron, Furiosa fighting against each other. And they're just wrestling around. And of course, Nux is holding the clip. Max is able to get the gun, shoves it into the clip. You know, they work oh, together. Man. Pretty great. Oh, that Again, and then quickly so much shoots the around your head to put, you know, to get it, the message through. That's why and, I say it's an action movie ballet, really. Yeah, when you oh, think about like yeah. all the things you have to think about and, and how many angles you had to film just to get just that to get shot. it. And yeah. it's so good. And of course, you know, with that storytelling, when they're all, you know, against each other, he leaves Nux behind. And of course, Nux is left behind. And then you have Furiosa and the wives, and then Max there. And of course, Max is just willing to leave them, but he can't because of the sequence, you know, with the war. Absolutely, rig. yep. And so 
it is really interesting when you know of course he the arms all the weapons that he could find you know in the yeah, final yeah, part yeah. of the war rig which is just how does he find so out. many so quickly he's I seasoned <laughs> he's a seasoned veteran yeah, he, oh, yeah, yeah there's one way to survive this world yeah so you gotta be a little smart all i guess right, okay yeah, so. he does miss one though he misses the knife so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah the stick right. shift knife <laughs> <laughs> but okay so uh, with nux talking to Morton Joe that oh man I, I just think that Nux is such a good supporting character oh, he's so good Nicholas Holt doesn't get enough credit he, yeah, he does a great job yeah. selling it's, and he has to evolve uh, and you have to believe it you know so I think he really nails that it's done so good and you can tell that he has like this belief in Morton and Joe and then that fall where he just breaks his heart yeah it breaks his heart that's why at the very end it's such a very it's moving rewarding. scene yeah. 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 So it's rewarding. a good payoff so, yeah, yeah, good payoff. You know, His best work since about a boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't love those X Men movies? Yeah, he's like yeah. about the makeup. Yeah, I, I ride for uh, Frasier. <laughs> so, same here. But anyway, yeah. so you know, and of course I like it because with Nux we kind of get the Viking mythology and just really what a Morton Joe has oh, done yeah, to brainwash, man. I guess, the war dogs. You know, into breeding them as like this very rumbuscious, you know, group of people. And I like as far as like with Nux, you know, he's got the, oh, what a lovely day. Yes, oh, he's, yeah, you know, that fighting meme. everybody. <laughs> and then you got where he's like, you know, when I come back, I'll be eternal, shiny and chrome. I live, I die, I live. And Morton will carry me, you know, to the gates of Alhan himself, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, and man. So, and I love it. Well, when Morton course, Joe's a god. Yeah. I mean, when somebody asks you if you're a god. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he controls yeah, yeah. the so, Aquacola. <laughs> absolutely. Of course, you know, you got the famous thing, the witness me. And of course, they do oh, that yeah. right before they make some big sacrifice and right. kamikaze themselves. And, and it's like the brother, the one that goes first, the one that you see it like specifically. Yeah. That's a pretty impactful scene, too. Oh, where yeah. You sort of understand. He's that got now. he's got yeah. basically two arrows in him. Mm -hmm. He's got one in his shoulder, one in his face. And then and he, he just does the, yes, sprawls out it. and boom, kamikaze. You know, does it beautifully choreographed, well shot. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. mediocre but i do like that as far as when you know nux he he talks about it where he's like three times you know the gates of valhalla were opened up to me and three times i failed where each time he tried to sacrifice himself it didn't work yeah, Max yeah. Him in the first one of course to save himself he trips you know with the immortan joe i can't remember what the second one is it was probably something else no, it but... was uh his blood bag that killed uh his oh wife. yeah so you have that right there. And it's just so interesting when he's talking to one of the wives and he talks about like, I should be walking with the Immorta, McFeasting with the heroes of all time. Yeah, he said McFeasting. And, yeah, he said McFeasting. And I, I have to rewind it. I'm just like, okay, obviously this is about Immortan Joe who made up his own religion. You know what I mean? And just like literally bullshitted his way. There's a lot this. of parallels and, to Tiger King here. Yeah, there's a lot of them. So Dog, I've been McFeasting at McDonald's for years now. <laughs> I can so, use one right now. Yeah, man. Yeah, de oh, definitely. Oh, man. They stopped doing breakfast all day, though. What? what yeah, it's limited menu. Yeah, oh, I can't believe this quarantine. I'm sick of it. Oh, what the hell, man? This what kind of being world American. do we live in? Let's go yeah. to the green land. Let's go to the green place. <laughs> we have McDonald's. McDonald's breakfast endless, anytime. Endless <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> you want a sausage egg McMuffin. You want pancakes. You want, uh, what is Give it? Give me the, the McGriddles. Sausage. Yeah, the McGriddles. There you go. So... You got it. We have it. So <laughs> this, but, this episode sponsored by McDonald's. Yeah, sponsored by McDonald's. <laughs> give us money, please. <laughs> Listen, Zoe Kravitz. She, her name is Toast the Knowing. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is hilarious. It's knowing, pretty classic. So. Yeah. I'm pretty certain that it's Cheeto the fragile. Yeah, uh, splendid, capable splendid, the dad. Yeah, splendid. The, uh, how do you say her name? Agad or something I like that. Know. I can't yeah, say that. That one yeah. I can't. They say, just yeah. called her splendid. They yeah, call splendid. Her splendid. Yeah. So, she's the one who dies. That's Rosie Huntington Whiteley. Yeah, she's from Transformers. Yeah, very famous British. Um, show model. We also get to see as far as like a Morton's sons uh, also. And oh, yeah. They all yeah. have, well, we only meet two of them and they all have some form of deformity where they have to have yeah. like a ventilator or something to help them breathe. 
And so we get Corpus Colossus, who was actually like stunted from growth. And that's the, the yes. really tiny guy yeah, who yeah, actually yeah. passed away in real life a couple of years ago from his disease. And then you've got Rictus Erectus, who's a uh, power lifter slash strong man, you know, in Australia, yeah, yeah. who's seven, t- so seven feet tall and he has the brain of a child. And I love his first intro when he's drinking mother's milk. And then and he's uh, like, Colossus, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Colossus is like, how is it? He's like, moo. And he just kind of nods his head. And he's like, okay, all right, cool. Awesome. It, must, it must be good. But that scene, though, when they're cutting the baby out, and he's like, yes. I had a brother, and he, he was, was perfect, perfect in every way. way. <laughs> oh, man. Again, though, you know what? We I've brought this up many times on the pod. What they don't show you still oh, is so much more so sometimes. Freaking good. And I Because you think like, they're going to show you something, and they just give you just a little hint. Just a little bit. Just like oh, a hand the organic mechanic. He's like, he would have been a perfect. Yeah, male, sure. you know, male human, you know, <laughs> George Miller. I mean, the time he puts in pays off. Uh, audience members, I know I'm just like gushing over this movie, but it's really good. It is good. <laughs> and so, of course, you had, you know, the baby brother who died, who is perfect in every way. But then you also had, uh, I think she's called the Dag, and she's one of the wives of Morton Jones. She's the one yeah, who takes the that's seat. Abby Lee, a very yeah. famous Australian actress. I'm I think sure. so. Yeah. yeah. And so she's actually still pregnant at the end with Joe's baby because she talks yes, about, yes. you know, like uh, he'll be ugly, but you know he'll be my baby. And, yeah, and of yeah. Course, one of the girls like maybe it'll be a girl, like, um, a mother knows? lord baby or something. Yeah, yeah war lord, like war yeah. ugly war lord, girl baby. Yeah. So yeah, war lord baby. Yeah. So I mean, it is it is just like. It's so well crafted that we can get so much story and so much backstory with, with just a little tiny, dialogue. Tiny yeah, yeah man, it's visual. insane. So, <laughs> I mean, with a little bit, of course, research and of course, the documentary, you can learn a little bit more as far as like, okay, the representation behind certain of these like you know things that there were you know certain like characters or certain objects in there of course like the roar rig and a bunch ba- of other based things. on that how much do we miss the uh, or how much are we saddened by the idea we never got to see the george miller justice league movie ah uh, i yeah. still don't think it works what per se have, with what that would have been early 2000s or uh, mid 2000s no, i think it'll be like 2010 ish or something around there yeah it's just so it with army hammer expensive. and stuff like yeah. that superman i I don't know that it works perfectly because it's this is like ballet I, where you are expressing a story without words, essentially. Yeah. I don't know that that's what we want from a Justice League movie, but I still would have been fascinated by it. Oh, yeah, because, you know, you have it where I think it maybe wouldn't have made as much money as Warner Brothers would have wanted it to, but uh, I think well, it would have been a cult classic. What do we get? But, yeah. and, and eventually, anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Much we got story, so. make I do overbloated yeah. budget and not enough money, not enough profit. I do think that it would be at least halfway decent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At yeah. least, yeah. I think it would still just be a cult classic because you know, at least with George Miller, we know he takes his time on this. You know, and that's I mean? why you and can't trust him with a big franchise. Would you want to give it back can't to pump him? It out. No, no. No, you think, think so. it's just? What if he actually is like, I've been working you, on it this whole time. The downside to what Marvel did is they changed the game. So if DC wants to do a universe, you have to pump out a movie every year, basically. Yeah. And George yeah. Miller just is incapable of doing no, that. No, I mean he wouldn't want to. Like no. I think. I think if you gave him the time, he could dish out like three really good movies and maybe just leave it at that and then kind of build around that. I I have a hard time believing that the Mad Max prequel that we're going to talk about, the coming soon kind of situation is going to happen at all or anytime soon. I mean, with the history of this franchise, too, (laughs) at least it's it's not how it works. Yeah, it's going to be so hard. What was the time difference between the last one? I think 30 30 years. Yeah, Wow. 85 was Thunderdome and this is 30 years later. Just a lot of shit in the fan every time they're getting ready to start production. But yeah, and just you know of course with the action what we've been talking about because that's the visual the main visual part of this too is that action and it's just 
it's majority of the part is just nonstop, you know, when you're, it is exhausting. Like said, when you get into 20 minutes, yeah. you know, what did you say? There's like three, maybe four really big action scenes in this. Yeah. And the all... last action sequence, like a good 20. Oh yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's long. Great, it's long, man. Oh, but it's man. Great. And you know, what I really like about it too, is with the action is they show you everything. They don't do that quick cut thing where, you know, they make it blotchy where it's way too quick. At least in my There's opinion. a few not... parts where like you see a head flying or yeah. a gearbox going that reminded me of Transformers where like you can't quite yeah. make it what's fast going when on. they need to but with the graphic yeah, stuff. Yeah. But... And again, the sound editing pushes you past it to a point where like you're still having a good time and just keep moving forward. So I don't like I don't pick on it like I would a Transformers yeah. movie like that. And of course, like one of my favorite ones, uh, or one of my favorite lines in this movie is when, you know, you're at the final and you know, the final scene. Yeah. And of course, you know, it's the Giga Horse versus the war rig. And you've yeah, got yeah. Nux driving the war rig. Oh yeah. And you've got, you know, the wives going into the Giga Horse, Rick just is pulling some of them. And, you know, and it, of course, it's really great when Rick just picks up the engine out of the, out of the yeah, thing. Man. Like, Rick just, <laughs> he's just yelling, Rick just. And, you know, you got Furiosa fighting, you know, Morton Joe. And, you know, she's got her, I guess you could say robot armor, you know, her prosthetic. And she pulls his mask off. Yeah. And it I love it because she brutal. used the harpoon handle. And she just says, witness me. Yep. Great one liner. Yep. Let's Crushes catch it, the tires yep. and just rips him. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and just <laughs> that only works like if everything is clicking together. Yeah. Like I, die hard. I thought you were going to say it. the other witness me when he when Nux just whispers it while or just mouse it out to the. the oh, that's amazing, girl. too. Yeah. yeah. It's, again, it is. Amazing. That's emotional. Yeah. It's emotional. Is like satisfying, but Nux's is emotional. You know, I, and he, he says he kind of pretty much says goodbye to the one of the wives he bonds yeah. with. Where you kind of see that's Elvis's granddaughter. There's a romantic kind of connection yeah. there. There's a nice connection there. And so, oh, and it, it, and it's she just does so it back good. to him too. She does the same imagery back yeah. where he goes, "Witness me." He, he kind of puts his hand out like he's offering something, and then she does it too. Yeah, and of course, you know, he has to sacrifice himself at the end. But I will say, even the though, keeper of the seeds when she, I mean, I think there's a lot yeah, of emotions yeah, there. Oh, that was good too. Yeah, man, she does. We yeah. just met her a few minutes ago, or but even it works, the you know? uh, yeah. the one who was the one who was originally naked, who was trying to be the yeah. baby. Yeah. yeah, she and her friend died, you know, from getting ran over from their from behind. You know, it's crazy. And again, I, I don't know what it is that this movie has done that develops such a connection right when you see when you meet them. I think what it does is it puts you in the universe. So like when Max is like, I saw her go under the wheels, like it hits you emotionally because you're in that world. Yeah. You don't think about like I'm in a movie theater or like I'm sitting on my couch. Like Did you're, you in, you're in die? Like when you first kind of um, watch it, I guess I you could think say. I thought she would live. I just yeah. thought. But but, you know, after like a beat, I'm like, OK, yeah, that makes sense. That you mean, know? Yeah, she was. So. The one she was the most pregnant, yeah. and you know the organic mechanics working on it. You she know, was the most vocal yeah. too, and it, it, it would have been the biggest impact, which is why they make that choice. Yeah. So, so, but all in all, like this movie, it's such a fun ride, and you know, it just it accomplishes so much with just such little dialogue, and you know. And, and I guess you could say like with a bunch of movies and franchises too, where they just over explain, over explain, you know, what's an EMP for the millionth time? You know, it's nice to have, <laughs> yeah, you I know, agree, something yeah. that's just strictly visual because of course so you take like, the dagger and you pull the thing out. Yeah. You can find the thing. Yeah. It's cool. And so, but you know, <laughs> can I, can I do, can I indulge me for a minute? If yeah. I give you the best picture nominees, yeah, give me you the tell yeah, me. Yeah, All yeah, right. So room, which is a hard watch. That's the one with Brie Larson yeah. where she's trapped, obviously uh, the revenant, which got a lot of buzz. Yeah. The Martian, one too, of my yeah, favorites probably mm -hmm. you know yeah, yeah. one of my favorites in the last few years the big short bridges I'm, I'm a big fan of the big short i like, I like it too it, i like yeah. it it's so well written uh brooklyn mad max fury road and spotlight okay. one that i will eventually make you guys watch spotlight spotlight is what eventually won yeah so but i'm fairly surprised like i think 
looking back on it now, at the time I had not watched it till right before the Oscars aired. I'm surprised like Mad Max has a legit shot there. Maybe it's like I always wanted the Oscars to release like, okay, tell me what the ranks are. Spotlight got X number of votes. What was number two? What was number three? I bet you Mad Max is in the top three Mm. or four. I guarantee uh-huh. it almost. I, it better be. I think it, yeah, I think it would have because is... I think like the Martian I was pulling for, but I knew it wouldn't quite get it. In my Oscar blog, I picked Spotlight to win and we got it, but I don't think that was a lock. I think it was probably pretty close. It's one of those years where like a lot mm-hmm. of movies kind of split the vote a bit. Now, did Tom Hardy win anything for The Revenant or it's did he shocking. win anything Tom at Hardy all had a great year because he was nominated for Best Supporting. He lost to the guy from Bridge of Spies, Mark Rylance. Uh-huh. Uh, DiCaprio wins. And I, Finally, I had always, yeah. I, in my brain, I thought George Miller won for Mad Max and I picked him to win on my blog, but actually it was Inurito from uh, Revenant. So they split the difference. A lot of people thought Revenant would win Best Picture and George Miller would win Best Director. When Inurito wins Best Director, I'm like, oh, maybe we'll be surprised surprised with best picture and it turns out spotlight wins uh-huh. and that was kind of the only award mad max actually wins the most oscars this year out of any film six but they're basically all technical awards yeah so you know it was a weird year overall mm-hmm. but i still think mad max in hindsight you probably got to give miller for what he did 30 years later second maybe yeah, yeah. i, yeah. I think you give it to praise. him the revenant is not rewatchable yeah it's not mad max okay it's not super rewatchable for me but like i think you know i'll watch 20 I minutes think... of that i'm not investing in the revenant again right i'm not oh, doing no, that again. absolutely yeah like, definitely... <laughs> i mean it's a good movie but it's not i'm not investing this is something where i would watch maybe once a year maybe once sure. every other year you know yeah, now that i've seen it a second time i guarantee i'll watch it so, again yeah yeah and I know this is this is very much Furiosa's movie because you know she plays such a big part of it. She has a lot more dialogue enough, yeah. and everything. Oh, I, Tom Hardy, you know, I think does just a great job with, sure, it with his physical acting. Sure, and but I tell you what, too, you know, and, so <laughs> so I'm a little bit older, so I'd be remiss if I didn't at least bring up the idea that for me, Mad Max is Mel Gibson, good and bad. You guys got to take it. I just believe that I, I root for Furiosa more and I feel like this is her franchise now. Just ride with her, yeah. man. She can handle it. She's got this. This and is, we can yeah, just man. push it forward. I agree. I, don't need I agree. Tom Hardy to be like Mad Max Light. I'm okay giving it to somebody else. And right. I think she earned it. I think it's, it kind of breaks my heart that they're going to do a prequel with Hardy. Yeah. If it ever happens. And, but. you know, I just, I like this world that they kind of gave us. Me too. And even if they did a different Mad Max. She's where... empathetic in a way, Mad Max. It never totally worked with the early indie movies for right. me as much as it works with Furiosa here. And so. this is this is a movie where if you're looking for team building, this is a sure. Team building oh yeah, movie, you know what oh, I mean. Yeah. Like, and it's just, <laughs> and even kind of back to what you're talking about, you know, as far as with the sniper rifle scene, it's I, incredible. I love it. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I think about. I always scene. think about and, these things as like a like I'm not a screenwriter, but I think about it like how I would write it, and I just think on the page, like that's something that like in your head you giggle when you write it. You're like, this is gonna work, but it never works as well right. as you think. It worked perfectly, maybe even better yeah. when he like, and, oh shit, I guess she can get it. Yeah, I'll give her the rifle. Yeah. And she nails it. Yeah. It's like, don't breathe. Shut the fuck up. And then he, <laughs> she nails it. And it's like, that's it, man. She's, that's it. She got the franchise so, now. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's just, you know, as far as like with that teamwork too, you know, just kind of thinking about like the road they, you know, they took yeah. to really get there. To get there. You know, they were kicking the shit out of each you know, other exactly. 40 minutes early. You know, up until the point where, you know, he's getting the mask off his head, you know, yep. because or of course he was at the, you know, the very front of Nux's car. And, you know, when they're working together, they're shooting out the windows, they're fighting together. He's going to go fix stuff. You know, he's spitting, you know, car stuff into the engine, whatever it was, gasoline. you know, yeah, the gasoline. <laughs> and so, you know, there's just a lot of teamwork building up until that point. And even at that point, when it's at nighttime, you know, he goes out it and he takes, out, he takes out the We didn't talk about farmer, those shots in the mudland. Yeah. yeah. It was beautifully shot. He, and, he and, takes out the bullet farmer and he's able to come back with all these weapons. Right. Yeah. And so we didn't talk about that. I just want to bring that up real quick. Again, what they don't show you, he walked off into the dusk and comes back with a sack of bullets which is awesome i thought it worked yeah because it it was incredible 
Yeah. yeah, that was definitely one where it's like it would have been cool. A little to see Hitchcock it, there, but somebody like fine. Miller can pull that off. I don't think somebody like Cameron can pull no, that off. No, I don't think so. so. I think they just get too excited with the story. And like yeah. I have to show it. I yeah. have to. Show it's it. also and, like a legacy thing. Like I think Miller has legacy and genius behind him that people just accept, like Kubrick or something like that. Right. Maybe not quite that level, but somewhere in the neighborhood. I don't think anybody thinks of like Cameron as something like that. I don't, I'm not even sure if Spielberg could pull something like that no, off. Yeah. But Miller, you're just like, yeah, he walked off in the He's dust. He's an artist, man. Yeah, yeah. Come back. That's not my blood, man. You know, yeah. here's your sack of bullets, you know, <laughs> what and is that's this? it. We just move on. Uh, it's mother's milk. Oh, yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. I'll just yeah, wash, wash my face. face. Wash yeah. my face. Yeah. Yeah. Get a little blood in there. Nobody's asking any questions because we just want to get to the next kick-ass those are, scene. Those are two blo- bodily fluids that are just commingling <laughs> so, together. By the way, I'm not a big milk fan, but you know what? I'd wash the blood so, uh, off my face with it. Sure. One word to say to you. Moo. So before we kind to get super super uh, off topic i do like as far as like they show they don't really tell it but there's a sense of like there's radiation going on in this world too yeah you've well got the soil where, there's a lot of soil yeah. conversation so you, you got know, it more than i remember nux has of course some form of cancer and then you've got it where like the people eater has some sort of like elephantitis yeah. or something yeah, tumors yeah, yeah. growing everywhere so and they just I mean, the blood alone, like and... there's some reason why they need to be pumping the blood in other than just trying to survive. Like, I think that there's like maybe lead in the blood or there's other stuff going yeah. on that we don't totally I thought, know about. Well, I thought it was just a lot of inbreeding. Maybe I so. I just cancer stuff. So oh, right. yeah. I, I thought maybe that's why he yeah. needed blood. And again, like, just, it doesn't really matter cancer. what the answer is per yeah, se. Yeah, yeah, it's just cool right. that that's what's going on in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's just, you can really look at every scene and there's probably just so much backstory just with every object sure. in there. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just this is definitely just an example as far as just how, much, how to do a storytelling with visuals. The and, one the one thing that I did not like about this movie that I have to mention is when we're talking about the satellite and the, and the TV shows that kind of pulls you out of the world yeah. that they establish because they establish. I kind of like the way it looked. It was shot pretty beautifully. No, it, but, it, it was shot good, but that and it's letting you moment, know where you are, like in frame of reference of time, in a way that the other movies really didn't. But, but it but it puts you in this world. Yeah. So Grounds so. it to this world. You might be right about that. So I have to process that. That kind of pulls you out of the whole fantastical world let that me, it built up. Let me ask you this question. So we've talked about it with other franchises before, and we know Miller isn't known to be pumping out a bunch of movies uh, that frequently. Is this a, something where like you want to see a series like The Mandalorian or something like that, Ugh. or are you just satisfied once every twenty years? I'm going to get a Mad Max. Once I every think, twenty years. Yeah, I yeah. think if if. If I knew that, you know, we're going to be getting a really solid action movie and it just takes them a while to do it. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I would say, yeah, it. I would yeah, say just yeah. wait for it. I agree with you know, that. It's weird because so many franchises don't have that luxury. They yeah. got to pump it out to make money because the studio is a money making machine. But since this one isn't one that necessarily turns profit, maybe that's what it'll be. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, this is such an odd franchise because it's just you really have it where there's no really a whole lot of original cast coming back for this movie. It's not a reboot. It's technically a continuation. They don't really I answer don't, it too much. I don't have a problem if I get a different got, Max every couple yeah, years. Yeah, I would be perfectly fine with that too if they told another different story with a similar Max or maybe not a similar Furiosa because I would like to see where she goes next. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, just to kind of, you know, top it off with the future of Mad Max, there are talks of like that spinoff Furiosa movie. Please which, do it. So Please do it. Yeah. They were originally, would you trust another director? It's got to be no. Miller. It's got to be George Miller. Yeah. I gotta have George yeah. Miller. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, not on her docket. Yeah, she does not have it on IMDb. It's just, so I, that breaks. My I gotta heart have too. George Miller. And so you know, there's talk of, of the spinoff Furiosa movie. So originally George Miller was gonna do. We're gonna do three Mad Max movies. One of them's gonna be you know a spinoff of Furiosa. And eventually that came down. You know what? You just can't believe him. Yeah. And <laughs> Based then, on his history in Hollywood, it's hard to believe that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and then George Miller is, we're going to do two movies. One of them is going to be a spinoff. And originally it was going to be uh, Charlie Theron coming back. Now they're kind of talking, I guess, even during the quarantine, 
uh, George Miller actually was able to, I guess, FaceTime or Skype with Anna Taylor Joy, and they're uh, thinking about doing a prequel with having Anna Taylor Joy come in like as a Furiosa role because they do. I'm not in um, love with that idea. I don't like that idea as much either. Yeah. As long as George Miller is attached to it and he takes his time with it, I think we'll at least get something very good. Um, they do talk. You know, George Miller has said. And even like Charlie Theron has said, like there's a whole backstory behind basically Furiosa losing her arm, and that is this epic story on how she loses her arm in this crazy, sure. you know, this crazy sure. battle. But you know <laughs> they weren't they weren't allowed to say you know we're not allowed to say how she lost her arm. Yeah, yeah. And of course some of the actors are like oh it's from a blender, you know what I mean? George Miller, like, <laughs> okay, listen, she was that, putting her hand in the blender true, and right? got it. And... It may be that she's got an amazing story how to lose her. Arm. George Miller's seventy five years old. Oh yeah. All right, so how old. about can we maybe do something where he's this story deserves an ending 5. of some sort? <laughs> yeah. With him at the helm so he doesn't have that much longer to make that happen right. so why go backwards let's 105 go forward, year old uh, yeah, george I mean, miller making a, making yeah. a mad max movie no, man. A, <laughs> not for me to question the genius but i He's mean come Nicholas on man Holt as his blood boy and <laughs> <laughs> fucking blood boy so, <laughs> but so that's at least the direction of going in right now but george miller and him and some of the other directors and other actors are actually suing warner brothers over monetary and like royalty payments supposedly he got seven so, he was looking for seven million and yeah. i think they settled and he got something in the i think so too so, so. i mean because it was him and some other directors just like no warner brothers skewed the numbers they said that it cost this much when it really did warner brothers they, you know, has been the bad guy for so long for me i just i i just write the check and give it to them yeah. and say you're sorry and start they've over screwing, yeah they've been screwing <laughs> their actors over or not they're their terrible, actors, yeah. directors and there's their main star there was a story but... that came out with val kilmer talking about why he declined to do batman and robin um, which is interesting. Go check that out. I won't okay. bring it up. But. Mm. So, I mean, that's really all I've got left as far as what to say. You guys ready to go into rating sure. and closing? Yeah. Final yeah, thoughts? Yeah. It. So, like I said, this is my second time watching it. It's such a great ride. I think I could watch this every other year or maybe at least once a year. It's so metal. It's a great ride of a movie, pun intended. I'm going to give it a solid nine. You know, oh, nine I, yeah, I really like this movie. Yeah, yeah. I am very impressed just how visual it is, how I can get so much story and how, you know, just really much you can dive into this world and explore the extra lore in there so but that's where my rating's going to stand at a nine solid so so for me i thought this movie was awesome tyler thank you for picking it because we needed something like this especially during this pandemic this was awesome it was such a fun ride and we didn't even get to go through all the things that i wanted to talk about with like the tone and the atmosphere yeah. junkie the, xl yeah. on the soundtrack you <laughs> yeah. get a bunch of those dc movies it crushes the sound then the cinematography movie. and yeah. just like the colors yeah. that they use it's so good so I spent a whole hour just gushing about this movie. I'm definitely going to be right there with you. I'm going to give it a nine as well. Yeah. It's an awesome movie. So, so I'm going to bring it down just a tiny bit. Okay, all right. Unfortunately for me, like, here's the thing. Just like The Quiet Place, I don't think I'll ever get over this this thing where I didn't see it in the movie theater. And my initial reaction to it, watching it, my wife making me turn the volume down on it and not fully experiencing it. So like in real time, I didn't see it uh -huh. unfold and it didn't encapsulate me the first time. Initially when it came out, I didn't review it, but it was included in my Oscar preview for 2015. I had it like in the neighborhood of Pitch Perfect and The Man from Uncle, a movie I like uh -huh. a lot. I gave it a soft six, uh, which is somewhat surprising. I bumped it to a six and a half later on. Watching it again now and really appreciating it for what it is and also understanding I'm not going to get a lot more of these. I think I give it a little bump, a little podcast bump to a seven with room to grow. I do 
I'm not entirely sure how rewatchable it is because mm. it is an exhausting watch, but it is just like a mind melting in your face action movie that like it's weird to compare an action movie to something like Swan Lake or something like a ballet that you would see and get the experience of being in the theater. But that's kind of what it is. It's so well choreographed. It's so much information without any talking at all. No dialogue, as we brought up. I just I find it to be just a, an immense experience. Yeah. And you mm. have to experience it in a movie theater to fully appreciate it. So for that, I'm going to give it the podcast bump and give it a seven on the Shawshank scale. Room to grow. It might be a little bit better. Now, than that. Um, do you think, you know, like how we talk about movies, like, you know, Matrix helped give us so much extra stuff, you know, just really movies that helped give us other movies and set genres. Do you think this movie, uh, Fury Road, kind of helped give us like, like John Wick? Yeah. yeah like, do you think I it kind of helped give us John Wick that. and like yeah, really yeah. explored just over, not really so much over the top action, but well done action like with just tech, very so dialogue. for me, yeah. this movie is immensely better than any of the Wick movies. Yeah, are you guys on track with that? Um, yes. I, well, okay. I really like that first John Wick, but I yeah, like it too. Yeah. Watch John Wick. I like it yeah, too. Yeah. I think right now, but I appreciate head, the choreography yeah. that those guys do also. But so. one thing that I want to mention: so this, like, when you go to a pure action movie, I think about like the Fast and Furious series. I think about Transformers. I don't think this is in that bucket. Yeah, yeah, it's different, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not the same with, thing with the very very little goofy, story. Yeah. yeah, it's like ballet for guys who play video games. Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, the, the 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 very little story that they portray in this, it's so deep compared. And there's to emotion. It. Yeah, and there's, there's emotion. legit yeah. emotion. So you know, I don't think like when when John Wick or when Lawrence Fishburne double crosses John Wick or what's his face from uh, uh, Deadwood yeah, double yeah. crosses in John chain, Wick. Yeah, yeah I, when he double, I, there's no emotion there. Like, all right, fine, you know. But here, there's a legit emotion when yeah. people die. Yeah. When it's they, sad when, when they connect, dies. of yeah. course, yeah. And, so. and this, when this movie came out, I That's remember credit to Miller. A, a lot of people were talking about the practical effects on this movie, rightfully people, so. People, people, but it's so much more than that, yeah. You know, but but still, it was during a time where all the studios were going towards CG and using all of these different effects and stuff like that, and people were like, "I want to see practical effects," and this is what George Miller came out with, and it really gave the audience what they were thirsting for. This crazy insane world that was just explosions and yeah. you really felt it. Alright, so speaking of practical effects, we're going to move on to our next segment We've Got Mail. So if you have a question insane fan theory or an episode idea email us at talkingflick at gmail.com talkingflick at gmail.com Alright, so I got an email here from Mickey who says, what was the best use of practical effects you've seen in cinema? Who wants to go first? Oh, thank you Mickey. I'm not going first, I'll go first. that's a great question Mickey um, I'll go first and I've got to talk about it before anybody else brings it up, but it's got to be the thing, you know. It's just wow. I, I've I don't think give we were going to gonna bring thing. it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this I've, very decent effect. So. Yeah, I've got to give it to the thing, and just because you know what they kind of gave us with the prequel too, as well. You know, when they really heavily use CGI, it really dampers that prequel movie. I but agree. Yeah, it's just with that original, you can still watch it today, and you can still be very in tune with like that world they set up because you just. It's just crazy how what they do with the practical effects in there. It's just, you know, it's just kind of like, how can anybody imagine this? You know, yeah, <laughs> because yeah, it is, yeah. it is, it does get a little crazy. And how can you only not imagine this, but how can you bring it to life in this way? So that's going to be my vote is I'd have to give it to the thing. That's one that still amazes me. All right. For me, three come to mind. And I think some that you guys would agree with this. First thing, Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, Star, yeah. Like, I, you got to tip your hat. At yeah. Least you there. definitely have to tip your hat. It really changed the game. And just going behind the the thing is 82 star wars is 77 yeah, i mean yeah. the limitations yeah. alone yeah. And, and seeing all the miniatures that they used for the villages and for the spaceships awesome really cool yeah second one that i wanted to bring it's great up, to see legos at work right <laughs> second thing i wanted to bring up 
was Labyrinth. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. With, I could, uh, I could buy that. What is that? Jim Henson Studios with all the costumes that they used, with all the props and the the scenes that they made. They were able to flesh out this fantasy world with using practical effects, and it looked awesome. And then the last thing that just kind of what rang true in my mind, it was just one scene in Scanners when the oh yeah, Scanners, <laughs> oh, yeah, head yeah. 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 Head head as the horror. I mean, if you guys are the horror guys, you got to sort of bring it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> so those were the three that stand out with yeah. this question. All right, for Nick, me. what's yours? So for I mean, it's almost impossible to answer this question. I, I'm a little bit older, so like I think back to the things that moved me when I was a little bit younger. You know, it would be remiss if I didn't bring up something like Jaws in '75 right. and how that impacted me. Again, the stuff they don't show you, but when you finally see it, like it kind of works when it really, really shouldn't. Apollo 13. I remember when like the ice is falling off the shuttle uh-huh. as it takes off these little little sort of tidbits that really ma- uh, matter to me like t2 um obviously i'd give it tip of the hat to eternal sunshine has got incredible practical effects for a movie that's really not about that yeah yeah um but you know as a kid i gotta think back to like i'm 16 years old i'm really shaping what i think about movies and what blockbusters are what the, what it means to me 96 independence day Ooh, you look oh, yeah, back yeah, at it yeah, now, yeah, yeah. and I know now it looks a little bit cheesy, but when they blow the White House up and stuff, yes, like, it, it looks really good. matter yeah, to oh, me. Man. So like that one really touches my soul. And like when you, if I just like clear my head and you're forcing me to answer 96 Independence Day, it was impactful to me and my movie theater experience. So All right. I got to mention this one because uh, we'll get at it if we don't, but the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, sure. Oh, you got to yeah, give it to sure. them. For sure. Yeah, yeah, not the Hobbit, because yeah. I thought it got yeah, a little glossy, <laughs> yeah, but the Lord of the Rings, uh-huh. yeah, I tip my hat yeah, to that also. So, uh, we're going to move on to our next segment. Inception. Yeah, oh, yeah, Inception. Yeah, I think Inception's got some... Yeah, sure. There's some really interesting stuff I mean, anything Nolan, yeah. Yeah, Nolan. We're a little bit used to it now, but when it came out, it was impressive. Yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to our next segment recommendations anything you guys you caught over the week or the weekend that you want to recommend or don't well i know we got to talk about it right so yeah. i haven't watched a ton of new stuff i still continue on with the last dance the michael jordan saga 10 parts incredible sports fans please watch it it's so so good um but atlanta missing a murder yes out. yeah so what do you want to talk about um <laughs> So my thoughts on because I, I watched it today because I'm like, I have to finish it. I'm going to watch part five again, Nick but I, I watched it live. It. So. Um, I also sent Nick a video. Of, I uh, saw it. Yeah. Of I Wayne saw Williams. Yeah, yeah, I have it's true. One thing he is not is <laughs> he's a reliable, not trustworthy. Yeah, he's, he's not, not a reliable narrator. So. so the thing I said, he looks Nick, uncomfortable when she's at. First of all, why is Soledad even pressing the answer there? Because he's not reliable. Yeah. So what does she think she's going to get out of just that interview? Buzz, I'm I guess. Not sure. Yeah, maybe just yeah. buzz. But uh, the video I sent Nick was a, uh, I think about a year, maybe two years ago. Older it, than that. Yeah, it was well, with Wayne seven Williams. Eight years ago, I where think. was it a little? Bit? I thought so. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's where this news reporter is asking Wayne Williams from Atlanta's missing and murdered, or you know, the real life Wayne Williams, I guess. He was in jail. Yeah. yeah. Is, he's in jail. Uh, you know, apparently he had said that he was a part of some sort of CIA recruitment, recruitment program thing, where like he was ROTC taught, for the yeah, CIA, where he was taught. It sounds uh, like horseshit. Could it be true? To, sure, but yeah, it sounds like horseshit. It, it sounds like horseshit. Yeah, this is this is. It was just crazy, and the fact that he's kind of smiling, he seems to kind of smug about it. It's just like that's okay, what first he is. Of though. All, why would a CIA recruitment thing be going on in Atlanta, Georgia? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just, it's it so remind, odd. It, and, it's not impossible. Like, right, I'll, it's not I'll impossible, say that, yeah. part, but I would say, like, if anybody had seen Making of a Murderer, what I always said about that was, look, Stephen Avery may not be a good guy. He may have committed some crimes along the way, but he's not guilty of this particular crime yeah. based on the evidence I've seen. And I think sort of the same thing about Wayne Williams. He may have maybe killed some of the 30-something people right. on that list. Maybe he's a bad guy, a pedophile. Maybe he's done some bad things, but I don't think he killed all those children. No. And yeah. I think by episode people, five, yeah. 
I'm I'm on board with that. I yeah. just don't think I he think, did that, you know? I think he is definitely responsible somehow, but I think there's enough out there for a somewhat mistrial to at least retry the Absolutely. things. And it's a little odd that they just won't reopen it, but he hasn't been and tried for the other 28 I'll, cases. I'll, I'll and push so. back on what we said, um, I think, last week or the week before, where like there's a pretty good case uh, that some people involved with the KKK may have been involved yeah. to some degree. So, so. I, you know... You tell me that, and why they didn't pursue that further? Is it's pretty odd. Shocking, and then right? you know, evidence was destroyed for whatever reason. That Nobody one guy who testifies, he's like, "Yeah, I don't know what happened to the tapes." Yeah, like, yeah. And it's That's odd your job, because man. you have the uh, the chief of police, and they're asking, like, "Did yeah. you know about this?" He's like, "I don't recall." Like, how do you yeah. not recall that there was a secret investigation going on around all these, you know, the most popular case of that time, these missing children it, and murdered children? They're trying to put their whole you know? city at ease, and yeah. I think like there's so much bad that can come from bad police work when you're just trying to close the book on something. Yeah. So and, and, and this is tragic and i really that's what i think i can label it up as like this is definitely a serial killer if not multiple you know serial multiple killers, people i think is still in targeting the board, children still in specifically yep. targeting specific mm -hmm. african-american children whether Metafile, it's a white person or a black person deal, yeah. is really the point is moot it could possibly it yeah. be a mixture of wayne could williams yeah. and kkk but it's just you know there's a lot like in that documentary where they just don't show they definitely show it more in support of freeing wayne williams and there are some victims family members who think wayne williams did kill and there are you some know, that think yeah. that he didn't do anything and i think both are wrong to a certain extent right like right. there's some middle ground that we were yeah. maybe not putting is he innocent in. no yeah. is he not guilty maybe <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah. you know what i do think the documentary does point out the most important thing which is that the, he only got convicted of two people and i think that you can't all those book. yeah you can't just close can't the just book on book. all those other yeah. victims and and they have no closure not that you ever get closure when someone is murdered but you should have some sort of justice and atlanta uh you know declined to yeah. give those people justice and you know which it's is like just heartbreaking you know you tell me like hey it's majority of this is government negligence i'm like oh yeah i can yeah, believe it you absolutely. know <laughs> yeah yeah so, sounds like it yeah. it shines a new light um, on that episode of mindhunter or those few episodes where they focus right. in where it's like yeah this was a big deal and maybe there was some sketchy shit going oh on. yeah absolutely so uh i actually caught uh waco on netflix which had Taylor Taylor Kitsch. Kitsch. Yeah, Taylor Kitsch. The true Gambit. As, uh, <laughs> Gambit for life. <laughs> Gambit five ever. So, uh, which is a story. You, uh, Taylor, Taylor Kitsch, he plays uh, David Koresh, who was the guy who also had a ton of wives in the middle of the desert in Texas. And <laughs> As one does. What's you the know, problem? That's what you got to do. Deserts and multiple wives. He didn't have but, Zoe Kravitz um, level. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> it's okay. It's worth it's It's okay. Yeah, it's I started watching watch. a tiny bit of it yeah. and I did not uh, decide it's, to invest. It's okay. I, I invested some time into it and I finished it, but all I'll say, it's, it's just okay it's yeah. it's very dramatized and how know, does this last act play out yeah does it play um, out okay it, it plays out definitely not in the favor of the fbi okay. um because of course if you don't know david koresh was i don't know like the 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 seventh day whatever it is he kept talking about the seven, seven day seals, evangelist or the revelation yeah, and stuff like that um, they had split off from the, a specific church and they were just out here in the middle of Waco, Texas, when where they somebody set up this asks commune. you if you're a god. <laughs> <Say yes. laughs> and so, um, but anyways, you know, there was this whole standup. ATF was involved. They thought they had a ton of weapons. It's still unclear whether they even had as many weapons because they couldn't find it. It yeah. was a or they just day, wanted it to be. Yeah, over. it was a 51 yeah. day standoff. They basically, you know, rolled into this commune. They shoved it in there, the tear gas canisters. And they're not sure who started the fire, what exactly happened, but a fire did start from lanterns because they did shut off the electricity and shut off power to them. And from this fire, basically, you know, everybody had died. 
like mm-hmm. there was something like 13 or 15 children that had yeah. died from wow. that. And so yeah. you even still have it nowadays where you have survivors who say it was the FBI who started the fire. And then you have, you know, of course, the FBI says like, no, it was. Yeah, you know, the there's some middle ground. There's yeah, a mass yeah, yeah, yeah. suicide. I, I will that's, say that's like, I will to recommend yeah. to you, Tyler, because you got some free time and you're exploring Netflix. Wild, wild country. Yeah. Give that one a fair chance because that's another weird cult thing documentary series. I think it's like six parts. Well worth your time. Okay. All right. Anything you caught over the week or the weekend, Ryan? Well, I went down the rabbit hole on YouTube. Speaking of Taylor Kitsch, started watching some clips from uh, Wolverine Origins. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Saw that one scene where, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dead the guy Fool. from the black eye? The black eye? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Will I Am. Will I Am. Will I Am and Ryan Reynolds yeah. were uh, closing in on one of the, uh, the targets or whatever. Started watching that. Went it's entertaining, down the, man. Yeah, went down the rabbit hole. I was like, man, this is so bad, it's good. Yeah, how about the blob? You like the blob yeah. in that? Yeah. It's great. Oh, man. I actually like the blob in that. So like, I'm just know? saying, you know, we talk a lot of shit about uh, Wolverine Origins. I don't know. For what it was worth at the time, it was pretty good. Yeah. And you, <laughs> you know, look at it in the capsule of time, I'm telling you, I was entertained by that movie. And it's not the worst X-Men movie. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, it's not even at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, I don't think far, it's bottom three. Far from it. <laughs> and, you know, that says a lot. <laughs> it's not the worst X-Men movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, next week, do we know what we're doing? Oh, yes. What are we, we doing? We are going to take it serious. We're going to go in a little sci-fi we're doing Arrival. Oh, Ooh, man. Wow. Yeah. All right, man. That's Mad a strong film. I saw that in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. All right. Ryan, where can we find you at? Hey, if you like listening to my voice or you just want more content, I do another podcast called Dragon Questicles. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts. If you just want to follow me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ryan underscore dot com. That's Ryan with an I underscore D-O-T-C-O-M. You can always find me at realwatchability.com. You can read the Ghostbusters um, review from last week. Thank you very much. I got a lot of hits on that one. The podcast is attached. And you can always scroll down to 2015 where I don't have Mad Max Fury Road in the top 10. But I may be correcting that soon. Yeah. And you can hit me, <laughs> if you, you hit me up on Twitter at RealWatch. Your You're going to yeah, fix listen, that. Yeah, listen. I, uh, I can be pushed into putting it in the top Sorry, 10. Sorry, I mean Chrome. You know, witness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Witness so, me. Witness mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where you are talking flick and you can follow us on twitter at flick underscore talking and if you really like us you can leave a rating and review you are going to rate us at whatever podcast app you listen to uh we also have patreon where you can donate literally any amount of money and you can we'll take guzzoline give us some guzzoline yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure promise three thousand units of guzzoline <laughs> aqua cola is good mother's too. milk aqua we'll take some mother's milk, milk. Oh, yeah. sure no. No, no you don't want it I'm i'll take it warm gonna... <laughs> yeah, microwave yeah. it a little bit sure. mother's milk yeah i'll pass on that puts me right to sleep right to sleep Bodybuilders, man. That's what they drink. Mother's milk. So, anyway. All right. And we'll have a link in for everybody's stuff in the description. Finish the show, Ryan. Hey, that was Talking Flick, and we will talk at you next yeah. week. Hey, head. Say bye-bye to the neck. Witness me. <laughs>